Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to another episode of Caffeinate. I'm Samuel Adams, your host this morning and every weekday morning at 6 a.m. Eastern Standard Time right here on twitch.tv slash the Samuel Adams, where we give you a rundown of all of the biggest news in video games over the course of the past 24 hours or so. Of course, occasionally some stories will bleed over from other days and we'll deal with that as we will. Uh, But overwhelmingly, today is a relatively slow news day, and more so, this is confirmation day. That's what I like to call it, because I had a lot of um, stories yesterday that were focusing on quote-unquote rumors that were quote-unquote going to be coming out, and so now we're kind of dealing with that. With that being said, there was one rumor yesterday that I can't believe there wasn't anything actually released about, and that is the fact that there is not going to be a Spyro trilogy, or at least not to my knowledge was that talked about yesterday, even though uh, it was all but confirmed. Confirmed that we would be getting the Treasure Trove or Treasure Trilogy, something along those lines. I don't have to worry about getting the name right because it hasn't been officially announced yet. Yet. I'm expecting an announcement sometime within the next uh, 24 to 48 hours a week max. Uh, so we'll talk about that news story whenever it actually becomes a news story. But we have a lot of good news to cover today. Now, we do have some that is uh, not surprising, but we'll go ahead and dive into that. But I hope you guys are doing well. Uh, Again, if you're new to the show, by all means, you can uh, check it out every weekday morning here at 6 a.m. Or you can head over to the YouTube channel and check out all the other content that I make or the live streams. So much stuff's out there. But enough of me peddling my own wares. Let's go ahead and jump into what we're talking about today. First off, uh, this is coming to us from GameSpot, uh, written by Eddie McCuck. I believe is how you say that name. I apologize if I butchered that. Uh, Fortnite's invite-only iOS version is already number one on the Apple App Store. Fortnite is crushing it. Fortnite's popularity continues to rise. The mobile edition of the super popular Battle Royale game launched today on iOS through an invite-only beta, and it's already topping the charts. The mobile version is currently sitting at the top of the free apps chart for games on the App Store. It is a remarkable achievement considering you need an invite to get in. It's not immediately clear if this is the first time an invite-only game has reached number one. Uh, So then, GameSpot generously posted a kind of a leaderboard, so to speak, the top charts, um, and at very top, we have Fortnite. Below that, The Sims Mobile, Car vs. Cops, Rules of Survival, Will It Crush, and then a game called Granny. So, whenever you are looking at these games, it's very clear to me which one is, in fact, number one. Fortnite is the only game, aside from The Sims Mobile, that is, um you know, legitimately something that I would be interested in. Rules of Survival is an interesting one. I saw that one talked about a couple of weeks back as more and more streamers were being paid to actually play the game. Uh, If you aren't familiar with how that all works, pretty much streamers are very influential in the industry, and so many developers of lesser-known mobile apps or perhaps developers of lesser-known indie titles or even big titles, uh, to get that out of the way, uh, they will go ahead and pay some streamers to promote their game by playing it on their stream. And uh, that's what we've been seeing with Rules of Survival. It is not a pretty spinoff of PUBG. It is not a good-looking game whatsoever. It's pretty rough around the edges, if I'm being quite honest. If I could choose to play anything else in the world, I more than likely would. Uh, But with that being said, just because it is a Battle Royale game, it is number four on the App Store. However, Fortnite has blown that out of the water and risen to number one because the cream will rise to the top. Uh, Moving along, the first invitations to the Fortnite iOS beta started going out today, March 16th, and more people will be added in the coming days. An Android version is also in the works, but it's coming later, and Epic has not said if there will be a beta for this version or not. 
uh, I would say probably will definitely have a beta for that. We tried out the mobile version and found that it's pretty much the same game as on console and PC. You can see gameplay from a full match on iOS right here. In addition, the mobile edition will support optional crossplay with other platforms, which is just a really bad idea. If anybody out there is saying, oh good, I get to play with my friends on PC now, you might want to really reevaluate that that selection because let me tell you right now, uh, if you go up against a mouse and keyboard on a Samsung Galaxy S8, you're probably going to get curb stomp, son. I'm just going to let you know that really far in, in, in advance so you aren't disappointed like I would be. Uh, meanwhile, a new 3.3 update has launched for the console and PC game that adds a new item, remote explosives, and more. Additionally, an update is launching tomorrow on PC that fixes a crash scenario. The game's popularity got another jolt this week when famous rapper Drake played the game during a record-breaking Twitch stream, which we covered yesterday on Caffeinate. So... Overall, this is pretty much just what you would expect, but it's really impressive to see that the invite-only version of Fortnite on the Apple App Store is already at number one. I just, I didn't expect that. I'm not sure what I expected, but to have it at number one. And again, this is gameplay that uh, GameSpot generously went ahead and posted of the mobile version of the game. It genuinely looks pretty dang good, you know. It's it's really not that bad whatsoever. I would say that it probably rivals what we've got going on with the at least Xbox One version of the game, maybe even PlayStation 4 and PC. Um, certainly not on Xbox One X quality, and of course you can see a couple of the jagged lines, and some of the textures and the frame rates are a little bit different, but overwhelmingly, uh, same game, same mechanics, uh, same kind of thing, and it's pretty cool to see this actually happening. Um... Yeah, so glad to see that it's doing well, glad to see that it's number one, even as an invite-only game. So, uh, yeah, keep on killing it, I suppose, guys over there at Epic and Fortnite team. Uh, <laughs> in more Fortnite news, surprise, surprise, we're going ahead and getting it all in one big go, kind of like ripping off a Band-Aid. Fortnite at E3, Party Royale, celebrate, wait, let me try again, Fortnite at E3, Party Royale, Celebrity Pro-Am, uh, 50 celebrities, 50 programmers, one victory royale. Join us this E3 for the ultimate Fortnite Party Royale, pairing some of the world's greatest athletes and entertainers with top Fortnite Battle Royale players from across the globe. Teams will clash in the premier Fortnite Celebrity Pro-Am in Los Angeles during E3. One team will rise to the top for ultimate bragging rights. Who will claim victory royale? We will soon begin building teams, so stay tuned for more information on the event. And one more thing, details on the first season of competitive play are coming in the next few weeks. So there's a lot of information here. Uh, so much information that I do believe that I need a sip of coffee before we dive into it and start breaking this down, even though it's only two paragraphs that are two sentences or three sentences each. Very dense, actually. <clears throat> so, what we have going on here is that we saw the success that um, Drake and Ninja had, and I wouldn't be surprised if that was kind of a, uh, a toe in the water to test the temperature of how it would go over if celebrities did play with celebrity gamers. Uh, which I consider Ninja to be one. I would say Dakota's is one. Tim the Tatman, perhaps. Uh, he's not very good at the game, though. No, just kidding. Um, Dr. Disrespect, etc. To have these people, um, you know, flown out to E3 to compete with some of the world's top celebrities, that's going to be a fantastic show. And so it's very cool to see Epic taking that initiative and, uh, you know, acting on a trend and, and uh, interest point whenever they do see one. 
I think it's something that I would do if I was in their shoes, because it seems like that's the kind of company that Epic is, especially in the case of Fortnite. They saw an opportunity with Battle Royale. They really did. Um, whenever the game came out, PUBG was pretty much at its peak, I would say. It had more players than most other games at the time. I think it was still pretty much top in the charts every week, um, week after week, month after month. And uh, whenever they added the Battle Royale mode to Fortnite, it seemed like a kind of... um cash grab almost but when it comes down to it it was just a wise move on their part and it's obviously paid off because it's doubled the viewer count of PUBG. it has uh gotten a man over 180,000 subs it's gotten celebrities talking about it it's a meme my college professor yesterday in class raised his hand and said i'm sorry before we jump into it what's fortnite and it's just one of those those pop culture scenarios where you never expect it now the other piece of news that is within this news story right here is and one more thing details on the first season of competitive play are coming in the next few weeks. And let me say, this might be where I have to jump back into Fortnite. For those that follow me here on Twitch, if you're watching live, uh, or for those that follow me on Twitch and you're watching because you're a reasonable person that gets up at a decent time, uh, I loved Fortnite and I played it religiously for probably about a month and a half, two months maybe. Um, certainly a lot since the beginning of January into February into the beginning of March, but I've started to drop off. I've kind of lost interest because I've done relatively everything there is to do within the game. It's pretty much just a repetitive grind. I mean, there are obviously scenarios that you can find that normally wouldn't be in your game from your day to day, but at the same time, it's still the same weapons, still the same kind of power-ups and stuff like that, and the same gameplay style in my case because I really changed that up. Uh, but with competitive play, that's bringing in a completely and totally different kind of uh, setup. It's bringing in a completely and totally different kind of ideology, almost, if you understand what I'm saying. It's like comparing quick play in Overwatch to competitive in Overwatch. It's just two totally different entities. Quick play is much more relaxed. It's much more it's much more toxic, uh, <laughs> in my opinion. But um, essentially, when it comes down to it, it's going to be cool to see competitive play actually come and uh, maybe a huge, legitimate Fortnite tournament hosted by some of the world's top esports gaming organizations. I would like to see that. I know that's already being organized. I know that's already a thing uh, to some degree. But at the same time, I would love to see it become an even more widespread, uh, more widely accepted kind of thing that is kind of expected because I think that there is actually uh, some legitimate potential when it comes to Fortnite being in the competitive scene. I don't think it's going to become, you know, the next CSGO. It's not going to become the next League or the next Dota or whatever. But I think as far as getting eyes on your stream uh, for any kind of competitive, uh, you know, competition, then Fortnite definitely has some potential because it is such a huge player in the pop culture scene right now. So we'll have to see how that goes, but again, we got competitive play coming in the next few weeks. We do have this Celebrity Pro-Am coming to E3, which I will probably be watching, and I would love to be able to co-stream that, or, uh, or uh, you know, broadcast and kind of shoutcast that. That'd be pretty fun. We'll see what happens. I would love to make that a reality. Moving along to another story, coming to us from Eurogamer.net, written by Matt Wales, what a name, Ark Survival Evolved is bringing online dinosaur survival to iOS and Android this spring. Studio Wildcard has announced that it's normally... Mm. Studio Wildcard has announced that its enormously popular dinosaur survival game, Ark Survival Evolved, is making its way to iOS and Android mobile devices, quote-unquote, this spring. Ark Mobile is being developed by Wardrum Studios, the team responsible for Rockstar's Bully and Grand Theft Auto mobile ports, and will include a single-player mode as well as Ark's full, persistent online multiplayer dinosaur survival experience. In fact... 
Glancing down the feature list, the mobile version looks to be surprisingly in line with its PC and console brethren. It features ARK's familiar leveling, crafting, and building systems, uh, enabling you to construct everything from clothing and weapons to elaborate bases, as well as over 80 creatures to tame and exploit while surviving the perils of ARK's classic island map. Hello, Decky. Good morning, America. And the rest of the world listening to podcast services and YouTube, etc. How are you? I hope you're well. Welcome to the stream. Uh, additionally, Ark's tribe system is in, meaning you'll be able to buddy up with other survivors in order to establish a stronghold, expand, and exterminate your opponents, and the mobile version's online multiplayer servers will support up to 50 simultaneous players, although there's no indication whether PvE will be offered alongside PvP. Inevitably, there's a notable visual downgrade compared to the console and PC versions, albeit one that remains surprisingly authentic to the full experience. I think that was low-key throwing shade. Uh, as the kids say, at the console and PC versions of the game, but I digress. Squeezing Ark's notoriously demanding frame onto mobile is certainly impressive, though, and it'll be interesting to see just how close the portable version comes to the real thing on release. Uh, Ark Mobile will be a free-to-play title, unlike the full-priced original, so it will be equally interesting to see how it handles monetization and if it can avoid the perils of play-to-win. As it happens, we likely won't have to wait long in order to get a clearer picture of Ark in its latest portable form. Wardrum is launching the game in a closed beta on iOS today, which will be yesterday at the time of making this video, with a full iOS and Android release scheduled for later this spring to be in with a chance of joining the beta. You can sign up on the official Ark Mobile website now. Uh, super interesting to see all these companies going for mobile ports of their games. And I think this is kind of telling a lot about where the industry is headed. I don't think we're going to be going to a quote-unquote mobile-only future. I certainly don't think that is going to be the case. But when it comes down to how it is going to shape the future, I think mobile is going to be a large part of it. Not the go-to part of it, but a large part of it. And as more phones and tablets and uh, and mobile devices get the capability to do stuff like you're seeing here with, Ford, or, uh, with uh, Arc Survival Mobile and Fortnite Mobile and also PUBG Mobile, then we're going to be seeing more companies port their games over to mobile because there are so many people that can play them. For instance, um, I was talking to Chad last night about the Nintendo Switch and how amazing it was as far as portability goes because it simply is a mind-bogglingly amazing console because of the fact that it is just so dang portable and you can play it anywhere that you would want. When it comes to something like Ark Survival on mobile, everybody's got a cell phone and most people have one that's newer than, you know, about three years. And so, or it's less, it, it's, 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 uh, how do you say that? It's less than three years old. Boom, there we go. Nailed it, Sam. You're a great broadcaster, good podcaster. Pat on the back, right there. Um, but yeah, if you have a newer phone, then you don't have to worry about getting a tablet whatsoever. You just simply play the game and, uh, and you enjoy it in the meantime. So, moving along, I think Ark Survival Evolved is going to be a fantastic addition to your mobile lineup, and we'll just have to see how it goes. Uh, but again, coming out right now, I believe the uh, the closed beta is on iOS, so if you have an iOS device, you can join in, jump in, have a good time, and see how it compares to the PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and PC versions of the game. Lara Croft returns in Shadow of the Tomb Raider on September the 14th, coming to Xbox One, PS4, and PC. That's really, this is the headline right here. This is the news for me. This isn't the news. We knew this yesterday. This is the news because it's been confirmed. Um, so, the next Tomb Raider game is coming out this year. Square Enix has just announced Shadow of the Tomb Raider, the third game in the rebooted Tomb Raider franchise that began in 2013 for Xbox One, PlayStation 4, and PC, set to release on September the 14th. 
There's not much here in terms of information yet, just a cinematic trailer and a few quick shots of the upcoming game and what looks to be an Aztec-inspired jungle setting, but Square Enix is promising a full reveal next month on April 27th, and with E3 right around the corner in June, we'll almost certainly see more of it there too. Shadow of the Tomb Raider follows 2015's Rise of the Tomb Raider, and we'll once again see franchise hero Lara Croft facing off against the shadowy Trinity organization. Presumably, there will also be supernatural mystery to uncover, waves of goons to take down with a variety of guns and bows, and tombs to... uh raid unlike the first two games in the rebooted series tomb raider and rise of the tomb raider shadow of the tomb raider is being developed by edios montreal which had previously worked on deus ex human revolution and deus ex mankind divided before that franchise was reportedly put on hold Crystal Dynamics, which created the first two modern Tomb Raider titles, is, is instead working on the Avengers game in partnership with Marvel. With Rise of the Tomb Raider, wait, while Rise of the Tomb Raider was a timed exclusive Xbox One game, only coming to PS4 and PC several months after it released on Xbox One, Shadow of the Tomb Raider doesn't seem to have that restriction. It will be released on all three platforms simultaneously on September the 14th, for those that are interested in that. Uh, good morning, Tiffany, in chat on Twitch. How are you? I hope you have a fantastic day. I'll be here doing this. Um, so, with Tomb Raider coming out, first off, amazing new movie coming out that looks fantastic, and I'm incredibly excited about that. I might go see it, and that's something that I don't normally say. Uh, I'm not a big movies guy, but that movie looks pretty good. I must be I must be honest with you all. Uh, so, with Shadow of the Tomb Raider, I think this is going to be a really interesting one as far as sales go, because when it comes down to how it functions... It's going to be a completely different kind of experience because it's launching on all three platforms simultaneously. In the past, we've had an Xbox One timed exclusive, and then I think it flipped over to the PlayStation timed exclusive, if I remember correctly. I may be wrong about that. Uh, you can correct me in the comment section down below in the chat, if you will. Uh, but we had timed exclusive, and so now that it's releasing on all three platforms simultaneously, that's obviously going to boost sales up, and it could make Tomb Raider a genuine competitor when it comes down to uh, how the holiday sales season goes as far as video games are concerned. Uh, Decky in the chat on Twitch says, never played Tomb Raider, to be honest. Also, the movie got a lukewarm review from Chris Stuckman, so I'll be missing it. I will probably end up watching it on DVD through Redbox, and then uh, about ten other people just said, ew, DVD, you don't have a Blu-ray player? And then I, I say DVDs are easier for me, and also... They're cheaper at Redbox. I'm just saying, I'm not a big, I'm not a big fan of having something that's just riding on having a high definition. I don't need that definition. My eyesight is too bad to worry about what the what the picture actually looks like. Uh, but if you've never played a Tomb Raider, the newest ones are fantastic. As we said yesterday in the chat, whenever we were talking about this, they're essentially just like the Uncharted games, but with a female protagonist, and on top of that, a couple of different mechanics, and I would say the storytelling is at least at the same level as Uncharted, if not even more so in tune. Uh, and and better overall. So it's good to see another Tomb Raider game coming out. Shadow of the Tomb Raider is supposed to be the third and final game in the reboot. This is kind of where the Tomb Raider is quote-unquote born. So it'll be interesting to see where this one actually ends up. Is it going to set up another franchise? Is it going to set up a whole new line of games that aren't necessarily whatever of the Tomb Raider? You know what I under, you, you understand what I'm saying? It could set up to be, you know, the next 10 years of Tomb Raider and make Lara Croft a, you know, still standing individual in modern gaming. I definitely think that she's already there. I think it's a very significant thing that we're getting three Tomb Raider games in the course of the past five years or so. I think that it's fantastic. Uh, Ducking the Chat also says, never played Uncharted. Dude, all right, listen, I want you to turn off the stream. I want you to drive down to GameStop. Um, if you don't have a GameStop with you, you need to drive down to your local Walmart, Target, Best Buy, 
Uh, I'm sure you could probably find a discounted version of it at like a Harris Teeter or something in the clearance bin. And you need to play the Uncharted Collection if you have never played it. I've got it over there on my shelf. Fantastic games. The, the, the remasters that are on PlayStation 4 of the earlier games are also incredible titles, I must admit. And uh, if you ever get a chance to play them 100%, totally worth your time. I would recommend it 100%. But, so, the headline here, Lara Croft, September 14th, Xbox One, PS4, PC. Moving along, Geralt is coming to Soul Calibur 6, as I called it yesterday in the episode of Caffeinate that we did yesterday morning. Ethan Gatch, I believe, maybe Gok, perhaps... Man, I'm good with names. After plenty of speculation and guessing, a new trailer shows The Witcher's Geralt of Rivia will be in Soul Calibur 6 after all. Last week, CG Project Red's community manager teased on Twitter that for the first time ever, Geralt might appear somewhere else besides a Witcher game. Soul Calibur 6 seemed like the likeliest choice given the series' penchant for pulling in odd characters ranging from The Legend of Zelda's Link to Yoda and even Spawn. Bandai Namco's latest trailer for the game confirms the cameo and shows The Witcher doing battle with Mitsuguri, Mit, Mit, Mitsurugi, not sure who that is, I'm so sorry, and others. Uh, we'll check out that trailer in just one moment. Doug Cockle returns to voice the White Wolf, and the fighter also appears to have access to his usual arsenal of signs, including the fire spell Igni and the knockback spell Ard. He'll also have his own stage, the training grounds at Kaer Morin, where the violins will be playing around the clock. Sure, the most diehard Witcher fans among us would love to see Geralt return for a new game in his own series, but given CD Projekt Red has its head down for the card game spinoff Gwent, and Cyberpunk 2077, I'm happy to take a fighting game appearance over none at all. Soul Calibur 6 is due out sometime later this year. Wouldn't be surprised if we got laid on PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and the PC. So overwhelmingly, this is something that was kind of expected, but it's very cool to see. And also, it looks fantastic. I'm not even going to lie. This is an exciting little addition to the Soul Calibur 6 lineup, I must say. As far as development of The Witcher 4, which a lot of people are wanting, don't hold your breath on that one. Don't hold your breath on that one. Big Boston Chad says, morning, Muddaducka. And I'm like, hey, man, what's going on? Decky says, going to risk people burning my consoles, never played The Witcher 2. My lord, my man. Uh, it's one of those games where you either love it or you hate it. And uh, actually, no, that's a complete lie. I was kind of lukewarm on it, to be honest. But with Geralt of Rivia, he's such an influential character in modern gaming. He's just such a... He's like a um, an icon. And so to bring him into Soul Calibur 6 is a good move. I think it's a good move for publicity's sake. And I think that it's going to go over very well because, surprisingly enough, all of the little spells and signs and, and weapons that he can use, it all seems to fit fairly well with a fighting games scenario, which I never really expected. It didn't, it didn't click with me whenever I was like, you know what? Geralt of Rivia would be great in a fighting game, you know? And, and it's cool to see that actually becoming a thing. Boss in the chat says, I loved The Witcher games. I think that one didn't age very well. Two of what I played of it, Assassin of Kings, I believe is what it was, The what the subtitle was. It was okay, you know, I think that overwhelmingly, three is where it really hit its stride, and the series opened up to a wide audience. Um, but, with that being said, I feel like The Witcher 4 is going to be even more accessible to newer players like myself that feel overwhelmed whenever there's a lot of stuff going on in the game. I'm a simple man, okay, let's make that very clear. Uh, but with Soul Calibur 6, I would say that it will be coming out at the latest in October if it is going to be hitting in 2018. I would not be surprised to see this one pushed back to, let's say, March or April of next year. But hopefully, the development is going along fairly well. I mean, looking at this game and the way that this looks right now, this is very well optimized. This looks pretty. This is a good-looking game. The gameplay looks solid. I don't know how far in development they are, but it looks like they are pretty dang far along. 
so with them developing Gwent and Cyber 2020, Cyberpunk 2077, uh, I'm excited to see what happens with Soul Calibur 6 and if there will be, in fact, any Easter eggs. Uh, just finished watching The Darkest Hours, Boss says in chat. Fantastic, dude. Uh, the movie is one that I've wanted to see for a while. That's the one about um about that guy that I can never remember his name. Winston Churchill, I believe? Yes, I need to watch that movie. It's going to be fantastic. Moving along. Far Cry 5 has microtransactions, campaign is playable offline. Ubisoft confirms more details about the soon-to-launch PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and PC action game. Written by Eddie McCuck, we had a dude, uh, or a uh, article earlier written by this man. With Far Cry 5's much-anticipated release coming up soon, we've now learned a little bit more about the game and some of its features. Publisher Ubisoft confirmed to GameSpot today the two key particulars about the game regarding microtransactions and whether or not you'll need an internet connection to play the game. As with many other games, including previous Ubisoft games, Far Cry 5 will offer microtransactions. Executive producer Dan Hay stressed that the game will be generous in what it offers, though if you want to speed up your progress by spending money, you will have that option. Uh, In a quote, he says, we've set the game up to be generous. We've set the game up so nothing is locked away. You can go out and explore, and the game will reward you for your exploration. Ubisoft PR followed up to offer a full statement on Far Cry 5's microtransactions, saying they will allow players to speed up their progress. It remains to be seen exactly how this will work, but looking at other recent Ubisoft games, uh, such as Assassin's Creed Origins, they may give us some clues. That game offers time server packs. Uh, time saver packs, excuse me, that include items of packs of in-game currency that you can then spend to speed up your progress. They are totally optional and can be unlocked through normal gameplay. It is possible that Far Cry 5 will offer something similar. I would say that's exactly what we're going to be getting. Um, Far Cry 5's microtransactions will be available for single-player and co-op and apparently head to multi- um, head-to-head multiplayer as well. I didn't know there was going to be head-to-head multiplayer in this game. That's a really interesting little twist. It'll probably make gamers happy to learn that all of Far Cry 5's microtransaction items are cosmetic only. They do not affect gameplay. That's also really an imperative detail to put in. I probably would have put that right below the headline in the subtitle because that's what people really care about. Uh, we will have lots for from my interview with Dan Hay in the days ahead covering many other topics, but notably the conception and creepy charisma of the game's main cult leader antagonist, Joseph Seed. We also asked Hay about Far Cry 5's impressive and deep-looking map editing tools. Far Cry 5 launches on PS4, Xbox One, and PC. A couple of details about those um, editing tools. There's an entirely new map editor called Far Cry Arcade where it takes elements from the past few Far Cry games. I'm talking stuff from, I think, three... Uh, Primal, even four, and their DLCs, including Blood Dragon, which was a fantastic DLC, and you have access to all of those elements to build stuff in Far Cry 5 with the newest version of the engine uh, with the map editor, which is an amazing innovation, one that I didn't expect, but is very cool to see. Uh, So overwhelmingly, you get the Far Cry 5 season pass, you also uh, get... The Far Cry 3 Remastered, which is essentially the PC version on the PlayStation 4. Then you also have all of these new bells and whistles, but microtransactions are something that is kind of expected in modern day. It is what it is. I'm not shocked to see that they are coming to the game. Um, But as long as they aren't overwhelmingly pushing me to try and buy things, if they aren't uh, trying to get me to buy guns that are based on higher damage loadouts or, uh, or more, you know poisoning or whatever they might do i don't need any of that as long as it's just cosmetic i'm not buying it but i may if i enjoy the game enough decky in the chat says far cry yet another series i never played please don't ban listen man you're getting close boss says at least ubisoft can get microtransactions right cough ea cough 
Shots fired, man, but shots fired in the right direction. EA definitely messed up microtransactions and pretty much single-handedly killed what they had going with Star Wars Battlefront, which is unfortunate to see because that series did have a ton of potential and it may still come back, but it needs to be put off for at least, I would say, three, four, maybe even five years just to let that taste get out of people's mouths. Um, it was a very, a very shitty thing they did, you know, it was a very shitty thing they did, so... Uh, with this story, we have Far Cry 5 coming out on March 27th, I believe. Yes, March 27th. The season pass includes Far Cry 3. Uh, you are going to be able to buy microtransactions. So for those that were worried, don't worry. They'll still be able to take your money 100%. And also, the campaign is playable offline, as it should be. Don't know why it wouldn't be. Uh, you know, we'll just we'll deal with that as we will. Uh, moving along to IGN, Devil May Cry creator wants to remake the first game for Capcom. Fill our dark souls with light. Hideo, ooh, Hideke Kamiya, yeah. Director of 2001's Devil May Cry has taken to Twitter to talk about remaking the game for Capcom. Quote unquote, if we remake the first DMC, we're confident about making it the most amazing hack and slash ever. How do you like it, Capcom? He tweeted. This isn't the first time he's brought up the possibility of a remake. Earlier this year, he tweeted that it was, quote unquote, about time DMC got a remake. Looking at current global trends and the amazing graphics in recent Capcom games, the next DMC game could do with a full model challenge like the new God of War. That would be pretty exciting. Hideki? Is that what it is? Hideki? I'm so, I'm so really, like, with names that are, that are domestic to me, I have issues myself. Uh, when it comes to foreign names, I just apologize in advance and give it my best shot. You know, that's about the best that I can do. Uh, so we are looking at a man that really wants to remake a game, and he may be dropping hints that the project is in development, but I wouldn't be surprised if this was all just him trying to get a rise out of Capcom. Uh, instead of being an anime-style hack-and-slash, maybe Capcom will turn Devil May Cry 5 into a realistic cinematic action game, he added. That would be actually pretty cool. Um, Kamiya is no longer with Capcom, but during his time at the company, he re he directed Resident Evil 2 and was famous for more than one cinematic direction he took the game down. For the more cinematic direction he took the game down, I can't read this morning. I need more coffee. It's, it, it's rough. Life's hard, guys. Life's hard. Um... He also worked on Okami at Clover Studio and Wonderful 101 and Bayonetta at Platinum Games, a studio he founded with fellow Capcom alumni Atsushi Inaba and Shinji Mikami, nailed it, Resident Evil series creator where he still resides. Fans are hoping for an announcement pertaining to the Devil May Cry series as they wait for Devil May Cry 2 director Hideaki Itsuno, nailing it, killing it, amazing. To reveal his new title, Devil May Cry was recently remastered as part of the HD collection, which was announced in December last year and released yesterday, March 13th. Twitch Prime members are also up to claim a free copy of the HD remaster of the first game until April 3rd. Fantastic. Fantastic. So, uh, this one kind of threw me for a loop because I wasn't expecting there to be a remake of a game that literally just got a remaster. That was spot on, Dougie says in the chat. Hey, man. I give it my best shot. I give him my best shot. Um, but... As a game that just literally got an HD port, or like an HD touch-up, or whatever you want to call it, why are they remaking it as soon as it happens, you know? Why are you wanting to remake the game as soon as you've released an HD port? Because, I mean, don't get me wrong, that's fantastic, I love the enthusiasm, I, I'm on board with it, but at the same time, why? You know, it's kind of like that, uh, it's kind of like the Ryan Reynolds gift where he pulls down the doctor's mask and he's like, but why? 
Uh, you just created this one. You're going to put a ton of money into remaking it completely from the ground up into something that has different mechanics, apparently, if you wanted to be a realistic cinematic action game in Devil May Cry 5. Uh, with the original, I would love to see it remade, but um, do we need it? You know, do we need it? Uh, Boss says, still waiting on a remastered version of the Silent Hills games in Resident Evil. A remastered Silent Hill would be fantastic. Uh, Resident Evil, I feel like they did that a couple of years ago, but it didn't. It, like, I want a remake of Resident Evil. I want something that is brought up to a modern day. Not just prettier. I just want a full rebuilt game from the ground up. Exactly. Mo Money says, Ducky in the chat, Mo Money indeed, my friend, Mo Money. Uh, you know, it is what it is. The HD collection is alright. It's not anything to write home about. It's fine. But, um, it still needs work. But the frame rate's great. That's all that matters to me, really. Um, am I shallow like that? I suppose you could say that. But for Twitch Prime members, you can uh, get a copy of the first game that has been HD-anized. Uh, and you can claim that and play that through the Twitch Prime launcher if you were so inclined. Uh, moving along, hoping the best for that one. Ever buy an original PS3? Sony may owe you $65. Sony's quote-unquote other OS, class action settlement, could mean money in your pocket by Sean Hollister coming to us from CNET. Remember when Sony said your PS3 would be a quote-unquote computer, not just a game console? Remember when Sony backed up that claim by letting anyone, including the U.S. Air Force, install Linux on the thing? Remember when Sony broke its promises by unceremoniously deleting that other OS feature with a firmware update? If so, you may have just earned up to $65, and you've got exactly one month to claim your money. Nearly eight years after Sony removes the option to install Linux on the PS3, allegedly for security reasons, a court all but approved a settlement in a class action lawsuit this past December. Uh, <laughs> Decky says, oh no, the Doom on Switch graphic debate video. Hey, I'm just saying... Looks different on the Switch, boys. Looks different on the Switch. Um, nearly eight years after Sony, we did that. Sony has agreed to pay $3.75 million to settle the suit. The lawyers get a third of that. The five plaintiffs will see up to $3,500 each, and the settlement organizers will get an estimated $300,000 to $400,000 too. But that's still easy. A couple that's still easily a couple of million bucks left over to pay back to PS3 owners like you. How to submit your claim? Uh, you can go to, let's see, where do you begin? If you purchased an original fat PS3 between November 1st, 2006 and April 1st, 2010 at a quote-unquote authorized retailer, so not Craigslist where I bought mine, you're eligible to receive up to $65 for each original PS3 you bought. You can submit multiple claims if you bought more than one. There's the claim form. The deadline is April 15th, 2018. You've got to legally swear, do some stuff like that. Overwhelmingly, though, you know, you can just run over here at this CNET article, which will be linked in the description box down below if you are watching this uh, in a VOD format or on a podcast service. Uh, but so that's pretty cool. I'm a big fan of doing settlement action lawsuits or uh, class action lawsuits. I get checks in the mail all the time because I sign up for these things pretty much on a daily basis. If it's um, an energy drink company, I'll normally get five bucks back from some kind of person that had a heart attack and they sued the company. Uh, I got one last week from Lenovo for a shitty tablet that I bought that didn't run very well. They gave me 50 bucks for that. I'm getting one in the mail from NVIDIA because my GTX 970, they over-exaggerated how much VRAM was actually on the card, which was obviously a bit misleading. Doesn't impact my performance whatsoever, so I'm not complaining. But hey, I'm complaining because I got lied to. Oh no. Um, in the chat, Boss says, I played the remaster Resident Evil and Resident Evil Zero, still waiting for remaster Resident Evil 2. That's crazy. Decky says the lawyers get one third. Why? Because law, dude. Because law. Yeah, boss replies and says, because they're lawyers and they take what they want. Dude, lawyers, if you go to law school, you need that money because you are neck deep in debt, my friend. And you need to be working 24-7 because that is some debt that I wouldn't want to be dealing with. And I know that the um, the lawyers probably don't either. But hey, they can just 
finagle their law way out of that, right? I suppose we'll see, but if you have a PlayStation 3 and it's the fat one, then you can probably go ahead and get 65 bucks in the next couple of days. You've got about a month to do it. I would get on that. Uh, for easy reference, eligible PS3 should include the original 20 gig, 60 gig, and later 40 and uh, 40 and 80 gig models, but not the PS3 Slim or Super Slim. Uh, that is pretty much what you've got. Good luck with that. If you get any kind of money, let me know in the comment section down below if you did, in fact, uh, find success in filing a claim. But... Uh, with that, I think we actually wrap up today's episode of Caffeinate. It was a light episode for the morning. There weren't that many news stories. Uh, but I would say that the most interesting one that we had today was probably the fact that Shadow of the Tomb Raider is going to be coming on uh, September the 14th. Decky in the chat says, med school is no different. No, no. No, if you're a doctor, you need that funding to pay for whatever kind of whatever kind of loans you have. Because let me tell you, they are probably a lot higher than mine. They are probably a lot higher than mine. Uh, but I hope you guys have enjoyed today's episode of Caffeinate. If you're listening on a podcast service, please rate it uh, on whatever one that may be. Apple, Spotify, if you can rate on Spotify, there are going to be more and more platforms added over the course of the next couple of days because I'm going through Anchor.fm. Uh, if you're watching on YouTube, drop it a like down below. Share the video if you are enjoying it. And of course, if you are in my beautiful Twitch chat this morning who wakes up early and comes by and tells me hello while I record this podcast and this video, thank you for being here. You're all fantastic people. And if you want to join the chat... At one point or another, then you can check out twitch.tv slash the Samuel Adams, where I record an episode of this podcast every single morning at 6 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, generally on the dot. Uh, and I would love to see you there. I would love to talk to you. But as for right now, I hope you guys have a fantastic rest of the day. I will be live later on tonight to play uh, more than likely some other game other than Slay, uh, Slay the Spire. I've been playing that over the course of the past couple of days. Fun game, uh, but I am ready for a break. I might grind some of the division because I still want to level that character and really get ready for Division 2. I think that will be a pretty, pretty good game, and I really want to get in on the mechanics of it. And I feel like the the post-game kind of content for the Division is going to really resemble what they're bringing to the table in the Division 2. But without further ado, I will talk to you guys soon. Have a beautiful day, and peace.